Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. Walk on my 
child You shall be hard followers Great deeds, accomplishments Many signs and wonders Shall be their testimony They will fulfill their ministry Before the time is done They'll make full proof of their calling They will fulfill their ministry Before the time is done They'll make full proof of their calling time to hear the word of God and we are privileged to have a seasoned servant of God in our midst to to preach the word of God to us. So without much ado, I want you to help me by standing to your feet. Give the Lord a clap. You can make a loud sound, a shout and join me. Let's welcome to this pulpit, the Bishop Edwin Morgan. Come on, make some noise this morning. you are excited in God's house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the hand clap ring again. 
Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, let the meditation of my heart and the words of my lips be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. This morning, we've had a very wonderful an amazing time in God's presence and I want to welcome you everyone here from the one who has been in this church since we were born to the one who is here today for the first time I want to welcome you to the Makane Cathedral The house of God is a special place. Anyone who is a Christian who loves God cannot separate. God's house from the equation of your relationship with God. That is why I am very happy that this morning we find ourselves in the house of God. And it is my prayer that for the rest of your life God's house, whether it is in a classroom, whether it's under a tree, whether it is a drinking bar they have hired and rented for a church, wherever God's people gather, it is my deepest and most sincere prayer that you will be a major pillar in that assembly in that gathering of God's people it is my prayer that you will not just be someone who attends church but you will be one who is involved like the appointees we have officially welcomed into the fold of ministers. They were ordinary Christians. Some were sitting at the back. Some were sitting in front. Ordinary churchgoers. But there is a time every Christian must transition from being an ordinary churchgoer to someone who affects lives. Someone through whom God does his will and changes the lives of others. Remember, 
that you are where you are in Christ through someone. Somebody must have played a role in your being in God's house. In your being interested in God's house. It's, it's to the same degree that God is expecting that you will also be a vessel. For some weeks now, I've been preaching and teaching from this very beautiful book by our pastor, Bishop Dagiwad Mills. And the title is, If You Love the Lord, If You Love the Lord, If You Love the Lord. And this morning, I want to share a snippet from a corner of the book because it's been a very great blessing to me. Why is it a great blessing to me? Because any, any subject that deals with loving God is very important to me and must be also to you. Any subject, any, whether it's a song, or a poem or a teaching that deals with loving God loving God why? why is loving God important? because in Matthew 22 which is actually the scripture that opens this book in Matthew 22 verse 36 Somebody came to ask Jesus a very important question. And I want to engage you on this question just briefly before we leave the service. Jesus was asked many, many questions. Many. Many questions. Some even came in the night under the cover of darkness. To ask questions and to make inquiries of Jesus. But one of the most important questions Jesus was asked is this question. Somebody came to him to ask, Master. And the way the King James Version puts it doesn't unveil the depth and the greatness of the question. But I'll read it. It says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Now, this English is a bit limited in its transmission of the full sense of the question. But if you go to the new, newer versions, like the New Living Translation and others, you will see that the, 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 the multidimensional nature of the question. The, the real volume of the question is unveiled by the newer versions. And the question was, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Remember that Moses, the prophet, wrote so many laws Many, many laws. 
laws that govern a lot of Moses' laws are actually embedded in the statutes and the laws of many nations today. Today. Because remember that today you may not find Christian nations, but a few hundreds of years ago, they were they were almost like churches, almost ruled by the church and the popes. So the laws naturally would come from the Bible. Moses wrote laws on hygiene. Moses wrote laws about on healing. Laws on social interactions. That there is a way you must relate with your wife. This is Moses. Which must be different from the way you relate with your sister. That you are not allowed to do with your sister what you do with your wife. It's a law. So you cannot uncover your mother's nakedness. You cannot uncover your sister's nakedness. He gave laws on animal husbandry. Yes, how to care for animals. Social laws. Many, many, many laws. Of course, we can also come to the famous Ten Commandments. Which is just a piece of the many, many laws. So somebody came to Jesus and asked Jesus. Of the hundreds of laws Moses gave. Because you just told us that you came to fulfill the law. Which of the laws is the most important? And I think anyone who has been to school and has written exams. B.C. Wasi would know that the six questions on the question paper don't all have the same value. There's always a question one and three others. I said there's always a question one and four others. Yes. I remember an exam I wrote, I misread the instructions. (laughs) God just had mercy on me. But there's always a question one. And the question one carries 40 marks. And it's compulsory. Always the first is very important. So Jesus, I thought that since all the laws emanated from from God, I thought his answer ought to have been that all the laws are important. Once the law came from God, they were all important. That you don't put one law above the other. But I'm surprised that Jesus told the line of this inquirer that truly he said that among all the laws, there is a most important law. Wow! They are not all the same. Which means that if you are here and you are a stickler to law number 87 and you have not obeyed the law number one, you have failed the exam. If you are here and you are very obedient to 
thou shalt not murder. And you have not paid attention to this first law. You have failed. I mean, I'm saying that I would have thought that Jesus' answer would be that every law, even if it is a law on how to weed your farm, it, once it comes from God, it's important that one is not higher. But Jesus' answer is baffling. His reply shocks me. You must love the Lord, your God. <laughs> with all your hearts and all your soul and all your mind I'm speaking to the men who are not committing adultery congratulations but that's a question one I'm speaking to the young boys who are not stealing. Well done. But there is a question one. And he continues in a very wonderful way. Look at what he says in verse 38, the next verse. This, sorry, go back, go back to verse 37. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. 38. Next verse, please. Now, he said, this is the first. Say after me. This is the first and the greatest. Wow. So, there are, there are great commandments. There are greater commandments, but this is the greatest. Can you clap your hands? If you are anyone who has spent a little of your life writing exams, you will respect the importance of the first and the greatest. The arrangement of questions. There's a first. And in another text, I don't know whether it is this one. What's the next verse? Ah, that is it. You can see. So, so, so there is an order of importance. He said, and the second is equally important, but it is the second, which means there is a first. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, as we come, we've come to see off our brothers and our sisters, sons, cousins, friends, relatives, classmates colleagues as we come to see them off into the real ministry I want to say to you, you may please be seated that God is not confused I'm very happy you came here this morning to hear this. Because there are school prefects amongst us. Yes. Wearing glasses. 
speaking good English. There are neighborhood watch committee chairmen who respect laws. Congratulations. But there is a law. Number one. You must love the Lord. That's why I love this book. I've held this, this book so much that the book looks tired because it says, I, I want to pass my exam. I don't know about you. You see, if you love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul, that love for God will influence every behavior of yours. No one who loves God will murder his neighbor. No man who loves God will take his neighbor's wife from her bedroom and take her to a hotel room. No man. If you love God, you will never do that. So you will see that our relationships with each other ought to be governed by our love for God. And the barometer of your love for God is read by your relationship with your human fellows. When we see how you relate with your neighbor, we can tell your love for God. You can never have a relationship with God to the neglect of your neighbor. You can't. It must be your own Bible you've written. You can't. How you are treating your wife is our best way of telling how you respect God. I expect you hear amen and preach. The church is too quiet. I said your neighbor your neighbor. That's why the, the next law was a law, a social law, that you must love your neighbor as thyself. It is, it, in fact, it says it's the second, but it is actually within the confines of the first law. Yes, which means that we can never know, where is God? Is he at Sakaman? Is God at Zongo Junction? What, what, Please show me where to find God. I need to see God this morning. But you can tell your love for a God you can't see by your love for the human being sitting by you. You can never neglect your husband in your relationship with God. You can never neglect your mother, your wife, your neighbor. You cannot. Then you are a law to yourself. John the disciple said 
how can you say you love God that you can't see? If you do not love a man that you can see. If you don't love your neighbor, how can you say Now, this morning, I want to end by saying that. So, 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 if you love the Lord, you will relate properly with your neighbor. Me, I don't know your love for God. But I'm just looking at how you relate with the sister. I don't know. That's how I can judge. Yeah. The unit of measurement. Why, how, how can we see God? Because even especially on Sunday morning like this, there are many hypocrites in the church. You are worshiping God. You are crying. You, are, you look holy. Some of you sitting here, you, you look like even a deaf and dumb. Excuse me to say. You look like a deaf and dumb. You can't speak. You can't smile. You are sitting there like a piece of wood. But we should see you watching soccer. Ghana versus... Uruguay. Suddenly, when you come to the house of God, you are a dumb, speechless person. You are a hypocrite. You are a hypocrite. Can you please sit down? I want to preach well. That is why, please sit down. I'm, I'm speaking, especially those at the back. Those at the back. Yes. Listen, sit down. I, I don't care whether you are a visitor or whatever. The back of a church is not a good place to sit. Any church. Presby church, Catholic church, Methodist church, Assemblies of God, Pentecost. The back of a church is where the evil spirits are. Uh, oh, is that side? Not the side. Is that side? Not the side. Okay. I'll come to you soon. Can you sit down? Can you sit down? They come to sit in church looking diplomatic, looking stately. It's like they are educated and we are not educated. But when we see you with a girl in the night, smoothing a girl. I'm finding it difficult to preach because you are standing. When you stand, I feel confused. I'm saying that, I'm saying that we can only you see, your, your, your inability to even relate with God's people. Maybe you are here, you are a visitor. But in your church you attend, you, you, you have made yourself a certain great diplomatic entry. Diplomacy is not a gift of the spirit. To be diplomatic. Actually, it's evil spirits that make people diplomatic. That's why there is no place on earth with lies, wickedness, like the United Nations. Lies. You see, they'll be reading a speech they don't mean. Because diplomacy says that you must speak a certain way. You must use the right words. 
you must you, you shouldn't talk like this there's a way to speak but meanwhile when you leave when you leave the building then your real self comes but god wants people who are real to him just as you are just as you are because he knows you your pretense is very 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 wonderful to god he knows you so if you can sit down i want to end the message because today is a pastoral appointment we will never respect your so-called public piety we will never respect your your calmly demeanor to mean your love for god we will look at how you are relating with your wife in the house your son at home your neighbor how you are relating with your neighbor you've as you are sitting here you've gone to block a gutter i said you have blocked a gutter and it is causing water to spill into your neighbor's house I'm very sorry for the first time. This is not how I preach. It's because I've seen visitors. That's why I preach with After this appointment, go and remove the suit and tie, wear your t-shirt, and get to the job. Jesus never shied away, never held back from addressing the hypocrites full of dead men's bones. But outside is whitewashed. He never shied away. If you will sit down. My dear lawyer, if you will sit down. One of the relationships the Bible constantly singles out as a reflection of your love for God. Yes, you relate with your wife, your son, your neighbor, your husband. But there is one. Just one. That is a very important barometer. And it is unequivocal in its expression. It is unambiguous in its power to reveal the true state of your heart. Among your classmates, your mother, your grandmother, your husband, your former girlfriend, your boyfriend, your all the friends and all the enemies. There is one person the Bible teases out as a strand to measure your love for God. And that strand, that 
individual is called the messengers of God. If you love the Lord, you will love his messengers. You remember I, I told you that if you love the Lord, you will love your neighbor. That we are watching how you relate with your wife. That you can actually insult your wife in the morning and come and stand behind the pulpit and preach a sermon. That we are watching it. We are not looking at what you are doing in church. We are looking at what you are doing at home. But one person in the kingdom that is best or the highest representation of our relationship with God is the messenger. There are people in the kingdom of God called messengers. Why are there messengers? They are messengers because God is not a cheap God. We learned some big words when we were growing up. Omnipotent God. Omnipresent God. Omniscient. Omni. Omni present that God is everywhere it is true he's in your car he's in your bedroom he's in the office the day you close the door and you were in the room with that lady there were just two of you God was there he's everywhere That is why when Potiphar's wife came to Joseph, he said, I can't do this. He's here. He, he, he actually mentioned the name of God. Yes, so there is a sense in which God is everywhere. But that is The least God is able to do for us. There is more of God than God being everywhere. I want to explain to you why God uses messengers. Why he would tell Moses, go to the mountain and meet me there. But meet me there, but are you not here? I mean, why should I go there to meet you there? Because there is a type of presence that is not the democratized, commonplace presence of God. One of the reasons why God uses messengers is that He is not everywhere. 
is everywhere. But he is not everywhere. Like the president of a country is the president of the entire country. Algeria, Morocco, England. But when a president has a little money to share, you know that he doesn't call you. <laughs> but even though, but even, even parents sometimes call one of the four children and they give chocolate to that little girl and others don't know. They'll put it in their mouth and say, eat it and walk away. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Yes. Eat it and walk away. Clean your mouth and go. Parents don't treat children the same. Why? Because the children also don't treat the parents the same way. One of my if you will sit down, it will help me to preach. One of my brothers one day went to my mother, knelt down in front of my mother and told her to bless him the way she prays for me and blesses me. My mother was surprised. And she told her son, the same genes. She told my brother. It's not like that. You don't just get up and speak. It's like there are things your brother does for me that you, you don't do it. There's an honor she, he bestows on me. It is that honor that stirs up something in me to wake up at 3 a.m. and just be praying for him. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about messengers of God today. God is not everywhere, but he wants to be everywhere. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 15 says, Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself. And just in case you are confused, O God of Israel, the savior he hides he hides so much that he says that those who seek me early shall find me he must be sought he's not sitting in your living room you you say high five to god you see uh, an agama lisa say jesus Should I stop preaching? He hides. Because if he doesn't hide, he will kill everybody. I mean, some of you, what you've done to come and sit in church this morning, last night, last Saturday night, what you were doing, that you've come to sit here with makeup, makeup on your face. With makeup on your face. 
If God doesn't hide, he will kill you. Last night, you were with somebody's husband. I'm saying something. Should I preach, mommy? Should I stop preaching? As you stop preaching, should I preach? You have been able to use your breast to take somebody's husband from his house. Your breast. You wait and see. If God doesn't hide, he will kill you. But he has gone to hide because he's given you a little time, hoping that you will come to your senses and send that man back to his wife. Even if he says his wife is a witch, then that means the man is a wizard. Because you must be a wizard to marry a witch. Today your wife is a witch. I'm saying that some of you, it is because God decided to hide himself. That is why you are alive. You see your wife has given birth to a daughter. I'm talking to a man here. So you see that your wife has given birth to a daughter. The things you've done to people's daughters. It, can you sit down and let me preach the word of God? As, have you seen that your wife has given birth to a daughter? Then I'll stop preaching because you no, since you, no, you will not allow me to preach. I'm preaching, you will not allow me. What should I do? It's okay. I'm I'll stop preaching. Then sit down, let me preach. Sit down. That is why God has messengers. Because if he arrives himself, he can kill you. He can slap you. If he doesn't do anything at all, if you see him, you can't live. If you see God's face, you can't live. So his best way of relating with you is to send a woman to you, a man to you, a pastor to you, a reverend to you, a lady pastor to you. Because that one is tolerable. That is why the greatest evil you can commit in your life is to relate badly to a man who is a messenger of God. The greatest evil you can do to yourself and to your progeny and your descendants is to have a comment to make about the mistake of a man, a woman God is using.
That's why I love Paul. In his writings, he wrote many letters to churches. So we have Ephesians, Colossians, Corinthians. He even wrote letters to individuals. Timothy, Titus, Philemon. But among the many letters he wrote, he wrote a letter to the church in Rome. It is in that letter he unfolds a very, very, very important key to help you to live. You see, because among the many things he said to the many churches, he never addressed the problem of your relationship to God's servants. Because God You see Jesus said My father in heaven works Hitherto and I work He's very busy God is very very busy But in his busyness He doesn't overrun His messengers So even in his love for the whole world, his love for the whole world did not push him to leave his throne. But he sent his son as a messenger. He still sent. To be born as a human being. To work as a carpenter. God is very, very serious about his messengers. So much that how you relate with his messengers It's the way he sees your mind to work about him. Paul, and today, because I may not see you again, because you are a visitor today, you came to see of your nephew, Kwame. Yes. So I I need to warn you so that in case I don't see you again, you will always remember the warning that as you live your life, you are going to hear about messengers of God having problems. Be very careful. Be very careful. What opinion you express. Because the opinion you express towards God's servant. Can have a damning consequence on your life. Be very careful. Paul told the church in Rome. He said, who are thou? That judgest another man's servant. You think of it. You yourself think of it that. Can you imagine coming to your house and a house help who has been with you for 20 years raise your children for you. Can you imagine me coming to your house 
to come to complain that she doesn't work well, you must sack her. How will you think of me? You see, when you see, when it is your servant, you are free to have an opinion. That's why we sack ourselves. But you cannot sack your neighbor's house help. It is madness to go to your neighbor's house, knock on the door, and ask your neighbor to sack her house help, even if he has impregnated your daughter. You have to sit down to discuss whether we should bring soap or cloth or lace to appeal. But you can't. You cannot tell your neighbor to sack the sacking of your neighbor's household is the sole prerogative of your neighbor himself and not you, no matter your intentions. Who are thou? And sometimes the more fallen and backsliding so-called Christians are, the more they feel empowered to have an opinion about God's servant. I'm telling you, tomorrow you hear news. But the pastor was going to steal some money. A pastor was going to impregnate a girl. A pastor, whatever. When you hear it, change to cartoons. Change to cartoons. If you love your children, if you love your life, change to cartoons. Who are thou? That judges. If you've come here to see off your nephew or your niece or your son, you can only encourage them. Who are you? You know, if you can sit down, I can tell you. This lady standing up, this lady who just stood up, you see, you see what she's wearing. Can you please stand come here? This, this is our model. Wear your cross, please. Wear your cross. Yes. Come, come and stand here. This, this woman standing here, what, what the life, she, she's actually, she, this, this service is one. We have five services here during the week. Five. Weekend has four. Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday. This is not her church service. Her, she's a pastor of the Saturday night service. Yesterday we had a big service here. But she's always here on Sundays. Now if you are, maybe you came for matter. Maybe, maybe are your parents here? It's your former boyfriend here. You've not seen him yet. Look, look well. But your son is here. Where is your son? Ah, they are. I'm sure they are. Yes, they are outside. Just a tall boy. Big and tall. 
the life she is living that has given her this uniform is not a normal life. No parent can force a daughter to live this life. It must be a power that is bigger than the economy of a country. A power that is bigger than the power of our personal problems. There must be a power that will let a man like me or a woman like this lady with her personal problems to look beyond her problems and care for many other people. It must be God. It must be God. a small thing for this man to be wearing a collar. I mean, this, this guy was a very, very, very bad boy. Just like me. When I was a 13-year-old boy, 13, I could drink a bottle of vodka and pass out. I was smoking a packet of cigarettes a day at age 15. What you are looking at cannot be a result of education or proper upbringing. A power. This man, his parents are here. One of his brothers was traveling abroad. He was giving his brothers, do you have success? Only one girl. Is she here? You're not the one being appointed. He, he gave some brothers his shoes. He was going to study abroad. He gave some brothers his books, his shirts, suitcase of slippers, a suitcase of t-shirts. Get this. I don't have anything for you. Get some money. This one. He gave him a, a suitcase of condoms. My mother, my mother, she was in Manchester when I was 16 years old, 15 onto 16. And somebody told her that her son, her firstborn, was now a smoker in Takrade. Moving from nightclub to nightclub. My mother's heart was broken. She wrote a letter to me in red ink. Red letter, you see, like King James, red letter. Yeah, my mother's a school teacher, she writes well, good handwriting, good English. She, 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 she was warning me, talking to me as I was reading the letter. I was smoking. <sighs> I feel I just crumpled the letter, threw it away somewhere. What you are seeing is God at work.
didn't you see that you have three boys? One is a pastor. The other one is almost not a normal person in spite of his degrees. Some of you sitting here have got sons who are on drugs. And another daughter who is in church always. Who makes the difference? There's a God. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. He enters a house like he entered the house of Jesse and chose David. He left Abinadab. He chooses. There's a class of 40 students. He chooses one to be a pastor. So when you see this, if you can sit down, this is the act of God. When you see somebody who loves God, who loves his house, you are looking at a wonder. When you see someone who in this NPP economy can use her money to pay for a bus to bring people to church, you are looking at a wonder and an amazement. It's a wonder. This is Bishop Edwin Ago preaching. Stay tuned. Do you sense an urgency to pray? Is there a burden to wage war spiritually through intense intercession? Then join the online army on the Church in Your House Facebook page this and every Saturday at 4 a.m. Remember, the Facebook address is The Church in Your House with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. This and every Saturday dawn at 4 a.m. Every knee will bow to the power of prayer. All I'm saying is that he may be your son. He may be your nephew. She may be your daughter. When you see someone who says, I want to serve God, be very careful you don't stand in the person's way. Because you'll be standing in the way of God's great plan. And you'll have yourself to blame as a parent. That's why the same Bible that tells us to honor our father and our mother. Which is the first commandment with a promise. That our days may be long. That they may be well with you. That same Jesus. Who through Paul. Repeated Moses' law in Exodus. You find in Ephesians 6. That same Jesus said. If any man will come after me. And does not hate. His father and mother. His wife. His brother, sister daughter, son, and yay! Even his own self. He's not worthy to follow him. Look at us here. How many people are wearing this color? Those in this color, stand up please. Those in this color. That's it. That's it. Because most people mind their business. What you are seeing, these are wives with children. 
and husbands. Professionals. This is a lawyer. That's a lawyer. That's in, uh, Captain. What are you? Uh, this? There are pro- mommy, I'm saying that what you are looking at is God. It's God. I mean, it's God. Who can let a wife with do you have problems? Personal problems? Sorry? A lot of them. A lot of them. Why wouldn't you want to concentrate on your life's problems? And you want to now go and visit somebody and help the person to come to church. There must be God. And I'm saying to us all, if you love the Lord, even if this woman, grown up with children, tall children, even if she's your daughter, you will send her money to encourage her in this noble vocation she's taking on with her life. You will support her, this one. As soon as Hannah knew that she had lost her son to the temple, she just made a petticoat and gave it to him. You, you wear it and preach. I thought you, all, you also come to my farm. But if it is church, you want to follow. Okay, you wear the suit and go and preach. We need parents who sew suits and dresses. I'm telling you that you can have 82 children and not one of them would want to be a pastor. 82. Out of the 82, you will find drunkards. I saw your brother's picture at um, Adenta Baptist. Just like you. He's an apostle, isn't he? And you are wearing a vulcanizer's glasses. Are you a pastor? Every company, important company in Ghana, he has been the managing director. Is it Vodafone? Is it MTN? Is it whatever? Are you a pastor? So when your brother, what is his name? You have forgotten your brother's name. He has forgotten his name. Send him money. Because what he's doing is not normal. He could have been like you. Wearing a vulcanizer's glasses. Can you clap your hands for pastors? They are trying. I said they are trying. They have problems. Their children fail exams. They have marriage issues. I said clap for pastors. If you are from Methodist, clap, stand up and clap for your pastor of the Methodist church. Clap for them. It's not easy. And I want to hear a louder hand clap because there's a crowd here. 
clapping for pastors. It's not easy. It's not easy. You can sleep with girls. But a pastor cannot sleep with girls. No matter how he's suffering in his marriage. I said clap your hands. Are you sitting down? His wife is angry with him. But he has to preach. Clap. I said clap your hands. I honor pastors. I said, I honor pastors. You are insulting them, but they are preaching to you. They come to your house. They pray for your children. They pray for your house. They pray over your shop. You have no respect for them, but they minister to you. Clap for them. The hand clap is weakening and waning in its intensity. Do you have problems? Yes, but look at you. You are caring for others. Clap your hands. You come to church, you've dressed like Cinderella. When you could have been wearing yellow. Don't, I said, don't stop clapping. Don't stop clapping. You are in the Makana Cathedral. And you are hearing the word of God coming to you. And the pastor preaching is Bishop Edwin Ogo. And he's saying that, clap your hands. That's all. Just obey and clap your hands. Clap your hands. You can now sit down. If you love the Lord, you will love his messengers. If you love the Lord, you will have a proper respect for the men and the women he sends to the places he himself would go. John 10, uh, Luke, Luke, Luke 10 verse 1. He, Jesus sent 70 people to, a, to places where he himself would go. He didn't go there. If at all, he would go there later. God sent Jesus. And Jesus sent us. And this morning, the news says that. If you love the Lord, 
love his messengers. Even in their mistakes. You will honor them. Because even nature does not allow. Naturally, nature, you can't leave your house and ask someone to sack his house up. That's why Paul told the Romans, who are you to have an opinion to judge another man's servant? Another man's servant. That's why I asked this lady to come and stand here. She may be your daughter. Please come again. But she is another man's servant. You know, sometimes she's your daughter. Sometimes She's your niece. But sometimes, she's another man's servant. You have to be careful. You raise her up. When her mother died, you took care of her. That's your daughter. We have come to celebrate her. But be very careful. Because sometimes, just sometimes, she will not be your niece. She will be another man's servant. And that's why Paul said, it is only to his own master that he stands or he falls. No pastor falls in your presence. An evil man like you and I. No pastor falls. If a pastor falls, like your brother. He will never fall before you. You don't even qualify to pass judgment. If he falls, the Bible says that it is to his master. Unless you, you have proof that you are that pastor's master. So sometimes this another man's servant may be your brother. And your opinion is that he went to sleep with somebody's wife. He went to do the, 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 so he's a bad pastor. Hey, be, be, be careful. <laughs> be careful. I will, I will personally counsel you not to have an opinion. Because the biblical precedents are not kind. To women like Miriam, who because of biological relationships, she must have been batting Moses at the public standpipe. She must have been feeding that little boy who has now become a prophet. And what is even more serious is that just last week when he was preaching, he told us that no man among us should marry an Egyptian woman. That we are Israelites. We thought he would respect himself. It is not even one month. Not knowing that when he finished preaching, he went on Wednesday to do, to do engagements. And your guess is as good as mine. What type of woman did Moses marry? An Egyptian. What a contradiction. 
But the Bible says, if Moses has fallen, he has not fallen before you, Miriam. He has fallen before his own master. Leave his master to deal with him. And mind your business. Watch cartoons. Watch National Geographic. Watch animals fighting. And so that you, even that one, if you have an opinion, nobody can judge you. Miriam, by virtue of her place as Moses' relative, began to address Moses. And who should he talk to? Another pastor. But what she didn't know was that Aaron was another pastor. So even if Aaron was making a mistake by discussing the pastor, his, God sees him differently. Are you a pastor, Miriam? Are you a lady pastor? Then shut your mouth up. But I just want to just say that in passing that both of them died in the same chapter, by the way. It doesn't matter whether he had hypertension or they didn't have leprosy. Miriam, I said, be very careful. Today I'm talking about messengers of God. That they are special people because the problem you have that has been able to neutralize you from being a servant of God. God's grace abounded to her. And she overcame. So sometimes we are, be, be very careful. He's your nephew. He's your junior brother. Be careful because there's a time he's no more your junior brother. He's, a, he's, a, he's somebody's servant. Say somebody's servant. Somebody's servant. Be very careful. And some of you, as you sit here, you have you, some of us sitting here are full of leprosy. Yes. A lot of problems we will be having may be a result of discussions you've had about somebody's servant. Then comes another, if you will sit down, I will end. When you stand, then you make me preach more. Then comes another, another woman. She was not like Miriam. She was a wife. And a wife is one with her husband. One day she finished bathing. She was looking through the, the casement. As she was putting powder on herself. What should she see? Brass band. Ah, brass band. Brass band. So she quickly covered herself and drew the curtain a little to see. Her husband was now dancing with women. And children. She couldn't believe it. Because she, she knew why she married a king. She wanted society to respect. Yes, I'm preaching. If she knew that he would lower himself to be dancing brass band dancing at the gate, she would never have married such a fool. 
as he was watching to her utter amazement her husband began to turn and as he was turning you see he was a king he was wearing king tape As he was standing, the king they fell. Not knowing that David did not wear shorts. He was only wearing his underwear. Michal said, this is not happening. This cannot happen. No. She called one of her courtiers and asked, is this the king? He said, your majesty. That's his majesty. <laughs> this is my husband? He did not pick the king. He danced in his hand. And the brass band played and played. And they said that the, the money is finished. They, they, they paid them up to 9 a.m. Yes, it's a paid service. And it's 9 o'clock. So the money is finished. So then David came to his senses. And then he saw the kinte. And then he fried the kinte. Then the, suddenly his linguist and so on gathered around him. Nananebo. Nanebo. Nananie. When he got home, hi, Mickey. She said, hey. Don't Mickey me. <laughs> Stop there. Were you the one dancing at the gates? He said, yes. Tell me it wasn't you. Oh, I was the one. We, had, we, we went to Wadidom's house and brought the ark. You were the one? I mean, are you now on drugs? David said, please mind your words. Am I the one you are talking to like that? Who should I talk to? When you undress yourself at the gate and now all the women in town know that you have got blue boxer shorts with, with polka dots. And you are saying, I cannot talk about it. I'm your wife. You disgrace yourself in public and I can't speak that you married the wrong woman. I want to remind you, my father was King Saul. I am also royalty. Nonsense. By the way, I am moving from this house. I cannot stand such disgrace. David was aghast. He went into his room. I was doing this for you. 
Yes. I disgraced myself. But I thought that you will be the one. God said, keep quiet. Next time when you put on cloth, use safety pins. But never stop dancing for me. But in the matter of your wife, Michal, she did not address your servant. You are my servant. Leave her judgment to me. And go to the palace. They have brought a woman caught in adultery. Go and judge the case. Two years. Three years. Four years. Five years. No pregnancy. So they went to Jericho to see a gynecologist who performed a hysterosalpingiogram. And the radiologist said, the tubes are patent. Uterine cavity is empty. No abnormality of the cervical canal. There's nothing wrong. Bilateral spillage of contrast. Impression. Patent fallopian tubes. Which normal uterine musculature. Mikhail brought the report. The radiologist report to her husband. Why? You two go and do sperm counts. <laughs> I'm preaching. There are many problems in our lives of unknown etiology. There's, there are many types of fevers. There's a type of fever called fever of unknown etiology. You, they have done every test. They can't find the, the cause. Pyrexia of unknown origin. I want to end with this advice. But I will need you to sit down so I can give you the advice. From today, as you go on, Do not think an MRI can explain some of the problems you have. From today, don't think a hormonal assay can explain the problem you're having in your marriage. A lot of the problems we will have in life will have its origins 
in either how badly we have treated a mother, a father, or a messenger of God. They may never speak because it is not in their place to speak. But there is a God. So Jesus looked at Jerusalem, the city of God, in Matthew 23, and he lamented, Oh, Jerusalem! Jerusalem! What has happened to you? only problem the only diagnosis he made about Jerusalem was that they killed prophets and stoned them which were saints be very careful those who have just been appointed today stand to your feet church When they make a mistake, commit them to God. Because before their master, they stand or they fall. None of them stands or falls before you. If the problem is a legal problem which must go to court, take them to court. But even if an earthly judge pronounces them guilty, you will be surprised. That God does not see them as guilty as you may think they are. If you will look at the New Living Translation of Romans 4, 14. You will see. Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? They are responsible to the Lord. So let him judge whether they are right or wrong. And with the Lord's help, they will do what is right and will receive his approval. As you are disapproving of God's servant, God is able to approve his servant. Some of you sitting here looking beautifully dressed in your nice car, think about your home. There are certain intractable issues in your home, in your life. Counseling hasn't changed it. Even the pastor you damned cannot even pray for you. He prays, but his prayers don't work. Do you remember? When Absalom was chasing his father David, a father he should have honored, he was chasing him in the woods. David met his generals, Joab and Abishai and Co. And he told them, that boy is my son. If you find him, don't touch him. Bring him to me. That was David's express instruction. Wow. But there is a line. If you cross it, 
Even the father himself you have sinned against has no power to redeem you. You are now, you have crossed a line. And many of us sitting here have crossed lines with our mouths. That's why I want to repeat myself because I've, I've ended. Certain problems in your life, in your marriage, you will see your son behaving in a certain way towards you. Always remember. Try to remember what you did to a father. Your father-in-law. Your mother-in-law. There are different types of fathers. There are different types of fathers. And the power they wield over you is bigger than your university degree. Your, Your mother who has a stroke in the village can say something about you. Not even your promotion to the level of MD can neutralize it. He said, honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you. Your father, Isaac, he was weak. He was blind. He was even deceived. But the words he spoke came to pass. But you see, thankfully, or otherwise, nobody has only one father. Some of you, your big sister is your father. Your big brother is your father. They have fathered you and caused something to happen in your life. Some of you are married because of somebody. That person is a father to your marriage. Honor them. Today, I added a third person. You should be very careful about Is it a license for pastors to misbehave? Your guess is as good as mine. Thank God we are in a country with laws. We are jailing them every day. Be very careful. Try not to have an opinion. Because Mikhail's opinion was not the opinion of a wife about her husband. It was the opinion of a woman, an Israeli woman, about a king. I said, sometimes, he's your father, he's your husband, but he's also your pastor. She's your son. She's your daughter, sorry. But she's also a pastor, God's servant. She's your daughter, but she's also God's servant. He's your son, but he's also God's servant. Be very careful. The lines are blurred. They are not straight forward lines. If you love God, you will love his messengers. So Jesus said that these people are so important. In John 16, he said, anyone who receives you receives me. I'm sending you.
if they receive you they have received me Matthew 10 is also there I told you about Isaiah 45 God hides tell your neighbor God hides Say, God is not working at Makola Market and roaming around. No, 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 no. He will not cheapen himself. He's Elohim. He hides himself. You must find him. You look for him till you find him. And because he hides, all he has are his messengers he sends. If you receive them, you receive him. I began by telling you the barometer of your love for God is your love for your neighbor. The second is like the first. Thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. There is no God anywhere except the God you are seeing here, sitting by you. His best representative is your wife. And if she's a witch, then you are a wizard. If you love the Lord, you will love a human being. And today, I have singled out one person you should be very careful about. You remember last week, I singled out your parents. Do you remember last week? I singled out your mother at home and your father at home. And I told you that don't mix your mother with your aunties or your cousins. Your mother is different. The same way your money, all the notes are not the same. One over ten is a tithe. Anybody who mixes things up gets confused. It's a sign of evil. Last week, I sent you home. Why are you in church, mommy? Didn't I talk about your mother? That go and honor her so it will be well with you. That God alone cannot help you. God alone has not much, God has not much power to cause your life to do well. A lot of the power to do well in life is in the hands of your mother. But you have already called her a witch. A prophet has told you that it's your mother who has eaten half of your womb. But even if your mother is your enemy, honor her as your mother first and then treat her later as an enemy. Honor your mother so that it will be well with you. Today, it's not your mother or your father. It's anybody God sends into your life. Ask yourself, is this man here to collect light bill? Is this man in my house to collect water bill? 
to see the gardener. Why has this man come to my house? And when you rule out all others and you come to the conclusion that God sent him to you, you must receive him. Because a man or a woman God sends into your life represents God. They will come as educated. They will come as uneducated. They will come as men with problems. They will come as women with issues. They will come as men who who couldn't even treat their wives well. (laughs) But when God sends him to you, that is God's servant for you. When Hannah brought Samuel to the temple, she gave Samuel to Eli. Read your Bible. Eli was a failure as far as raising his children was concerned. Just the next first Samuel 2. Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were raping girls in Shiloh. A man who couldn't take care of his own children was the man Hannah took her little boy Samuel to. But you see, he may not be able to take care of his children, but to you, he is God's servant with God's mandate for you. We don't look for failures. Neither do we look for successful men. We look for the men God brings into our lives. Let his failed marriage deal with its own problems. I said, Eli could not take care of his children, but he raised Samuel as a prophet of God in Israel. Be very careful. Be very careful. The Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. These are earthen vessels. I pray that there will be no news that one of them has gone to sleep with a girl. Because what I will do to you because I am your master. <laughs> I am your master. He sent me to you. I'm sure you know that one. But even if you sin, I will massage you, rip you, care for you and still send you because the men sitting at the back who are good they won't go they will not go why would God choose Paul and Medra three important men God used to write the Bible all of them were Medras The first was Moses. It was a murderer. But God said, the, the good ones, they are at Ecobank. The good ones are where? University of Ghana. They are lecturing at the University of Ghana. So God has always used ragamuffins. The first person was Moses, a murderer. Then he used another one 
to write a volume of the Old Testament called David. Another Medra. Then the New Testament because the blood of Jesus had cleansed everybody. He still found a Medra called Paul to write to thirds. Be very careful. The man and the woman you write off may not be write offs. Because God, put that verse up again, Romans 4. God knows how to take care of them. Romans 14, I think. God knows. Give me NIV. NIV. For the Lord is able to make him stand. God knows. Because the good ones, they are the critics. The ones who don't smoke. I once went for an engagement at East Legon. Engagement. As we sat there, they called the priest. I was there. They said you should come and pray over there. My friend, very good friend, her engagement, this must be over 32 years ago. When the priest came, he was smoking. East Legon. But he took the rings. He spoke Latin first. I was, I. You see, the look of consternation in your face. Why will you not be the one to go and officiate? If you are good, go. You will never stop God from using fornicators, murderers, thieves, adulterers. You will never stop God because He is God. He said, Before Him, they stand. Or they fall. When Judas came to Gethsemane, the Judas that you and I are guessing, when Jesus saw him, he said, What have you come to do? Friend. Matthew 26. Jesus referred to Judas as a friend. That's why I'm saying that. First of all, your opinion doesn't matter. What you say in your house doesn't matter. Because you are nobody. Your opinion ends at the door of your house. But I will advise you not to have an opinion because you would have brought into your life complex, intractable issues that you may think are because of the economy. But God, Elohim, by that comment you made about a servant, has sent judgment to you. Please rise to your feet and let's close. I want you to lift up your two hands. And I want you to pray. I don't know what you heard. I just pray. I don't know what you heard. A day will come your son may be a pastor. Be very careful. Not to cross some lines. He may be your son, but he's also God's servant. Just be careful. Oh, 
before I preach, we pray for pastors. But now, pray for yourself. Because some of us are Michaels and Miriams and Aarons. The Aarons are the pastors and the reverends who feel that because they are in ministry, they are qualified to have an opinion. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what you did in these ladies and these gentlemen. It's supernatural to make a man with family problems still able to care for other people. Today, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. For these women, yes. you have officially introduced into the ministry. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I pray Jesus. that you will have mercy on them. Have mercy. Have mercy on me. Oh, yes. Have mercy. Have mercy on us. Have mercy. It's not easy. comes from above. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Empower us mm, empower to us, serve Lord. you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Those of us who are not pastors, Lord, empower us empower to us. support the men oh, yes. Yes. who, in spite of their problems, are building your house, oh, building your kingdom. And I pray for anyone here who is under the influence of your call. Help that boy, help that girl not to shake it off. Because the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Father, I pray that in our lifetime Asam Aspar to be managing directors and CEOs and specialists. May we also in your house aspire to be teachers and messengers and servants and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and apostles. Amen. But if we never become till we die, give us the grace to support the pastors and the servants. When they fall, help us to lift them up. Yes. Put it in us to pray for them. And above all, yes, Lord. Have mercy on us. Have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. As every head is bowed, as every eye is closed. I want to give someone here the opportunity to get it right with God. You see, I just preached about if you love the Lord. And my preliminary comments were that the greatest commandment according to Jesus is to love God. If you are here today, your love for God doesn't exist. 
In fact, it's because of this ceremony that you are even in church. You are last week you are not in church. I mean, God is not on your mind, but today you want to say, Pastor, I want to surrender my life to God. I want to give my life to God. I want to love Him. I want to serve Him. But first of all, I want to know Him as my Master and my Savior. I've said many things lightly, jokingly, but this is not one of the jokes. If you are here today, you are a rich man, you are a poor man, you are an educated woman, you are not educated. You are young, you are old. But you cannot say for sure that if you were to die right now, you'll be taken by angels into God's presence. If you are here, and you are not sure where you'll be if you die, you want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be born again. If you want me to pray with you to be born again, to know Jesus, to love him, just lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Yes, lift your hand high. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be born again. I see your hand. Pastor, I see your hand. Pastor, pray for me. Today is my first time, but I want to receive Jesus into my life. Lift your hand high. God is calling you right now. I see your hand. I see your hand. Pastor, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Pastor, pray for me. I want to know Jesus. I see your hand, young man. I see your hand, young lady. I see you. That's all God wants. That you place him at the center of your life. Lift your hand well. If your hand is up. And if you've raised your hand. I don't know where you are standing. But I want to kindly ask. That with your hand lifted up. Come to me in front here. Come. Take your Bible. Come. Come to Jesus. Come, my dear. Come. to Jesus. God bless you. Come to Jesus. Can you lift your two hands? And I want the entire church to join me as we pray. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I realize I am a sinner. I realize I'm a sinner. Today. Today. I ask you. I ask you. Please wash my sins. Please wash my sins. I've done many bad things. I've done many bad things. Please wash my sins. Please wash my sins. With the blood of Jesus. With the blood of Jesus. I declare today. I declare today. That this decision. That this decision. Begins a new life. Begins a new life. A new life in Jesus. A new life in Jesus. Oh God. Oh God. 
have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And receive me. And receive me. As your child. As your child. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Give me a new beginning. Give me a new beginning. Oh God. Oh God. I declare. I declare. Your son Jesus. Your son Jesus. Is my master. Is my master. My savior. My savior. And my lord. And my lord. I've turned my back. I've turned my back. To the world. To the world. To the sins. To the sins. To the evil. To the evil. To the wickedness. To the wickedness. I will try. I will try. With your help. With your help. The help of your Holy Spirit. The help of your Holy Spirit. To walk with you. To walk with you. And to live for you. And to live for you. I thank you today. I thank you today. For my salvation for my salvation it's a new beginning it's a new beginning 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 thank you lord thank you lord for my salvation for my salvation i am born again i am born again i thank you lord i thank you lord in jesus name in jesus name amen amen hallelujah hallelujah We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the Word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30pm on Saturdays as well as 7.30am and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo on Facebook Live Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.